Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, at some point, people are finding a way to score in the playoffs. you got to have guys that can make tough shots and make tough plays. And, and I think I'd like for us to be better defensively. Um, you know, we just got to continue to maybe move the ball, move the defense. Um, and I think we reduced our turnovers tonight. Um, you know, we'll look at the film. I'm sure there's areas where we can improve, but, uh, you know, it was a hell of a game. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Show on the air. We are glad you are with us, and uh, it was a hell of a game. Uh, not in favor of the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, though, unfortunately. So last night, I had said this uh, during, uh, you know, while I was watching the game, and I tweeted it out. I said, oh, boy, I'm going to listen to the postgame show. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, host of the uh, the postgame show, the Milwaukee Pro Hoops postgame show, on our flagship station in Milwaukee, now joining us. Spark, it was, uh, it was vent time last night, wasn't it? Listen, I, 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 I'm just going to pretty much say again what I said to start that show last night because uh, it, it really hasn't changed or sunk in. For so many years, I've done this postgame show in Milwaukee for 14 years now. I, I've been doing this uh, for the most part outside of maybe uh, this last regular season. I didn't do it to start the season, but I'm doing the playoffs. And th- the thing that I've always said is just quit whining to me about officials and calls for LeBron and Kobe and these guys because they're superstars. And Shaq, look, this is how this works. Mm-hmm. It's the NBA. You get your superstar calls. If we ever get lucky enough to get a superstar – We'll get the benefit of the doubt. And I'm here to tell you, in a end-of-game situation and a possession like that was with four seconds to go and your superstar, your soon-to-be back-to-back MVP, we all think, jumps at the shooter, who's a good player in his own right, and Jimmy Butler, an all-star. You jump at him. You don't touch his hand. You don't touch his arm. You touch the side of his jersey. Jimmy claims he pushed him in the back, which is a blatant lie. So you touch him on the side of the jersey, and they blow the whistle on that as time expires, and you go to the free throw line. That call does not get made against LeBron. That call does not get made against Kobe Bryant. That call does not get made against Dwayne Wade, for that matter, going back to another Marquette kid like Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler. None of those guys get calls like that made against them in that situation, and especially not in a semifinal game in the Eastern Conference playoffs. In a regular season game, I don't think it happens. But now you add on top of it to a playoff game. Now, okay, so I started off the postgame show. I was calm and cool, way more than I am now because I was trying to compose myself so I didn't lose it. Then, Boonholzer, the Bucks head coach, talked. This is what officially pushed me over the edge, and I've been angry ever since. Boonholzer was asked about what happened, 
in that end of game situation and his thoughts. Go ahead. Um, I'd say we're disappointed uh, with the judgment, with the decision, the timing. Um, it's a tough job. I have a lot of respect for the officials and the crew tonight. Um, it's not an easy job. And of course, you know, we have our way of seeing things and uh, we're going to disagree, um, but we need to, you know, um, shift our attention to game three and get prepared for that. And, um, you know, understand that that's, uh, that's the most important thing right now. This is the thing. When he wakes up from his nap in time for game five, hopefully there'll be some fire under this team because there's no fire under him at this point. Listen, I've watched basketball and sports long enough, just like you, Bill. When your best player, and arguably best player in the league, gets screwed on a call, if there's mm-hmm. ever a time for you to lose control, drop a couple swear words, get fined, the whole thing, that was your moment right there. That was your moment. And we have Matt Velasquez on from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel after games, and I brought this up to him last night, and he brought up a situation with Jason Kidd, and I, I realize a lot of people don't like Jason Kidd, but he brought up a situation in Jason Kidd's coaching career in Milwaukee where something happened with Giannis and he was hot and he was just looking for a reason for somebody to ask him about it so he could go off and get fined and defend his guy. And Velasquez happened to be the one that happened to ask him and Jason Kidd just went crazy. But that's a situation there. If I'm Giannis, dude, stick up for me. Act like you care. Like, go crazy. Do something. And he did nothing. He was just his normal comatose self in the press conference after they're down two games to zero in this playoff series. It's so frustrating as a Bucs fan. You wait your whole life. Well, for me, at least, I wasn't old enough for Lou Alcindor. I'm 44. So for me, I've waited my whole life to have a chance to see my favorite team win an NBA championship. And this is how it's going to go down. Yeah, I uh, I didn't like the, at least enthusiasm in the comments. You know, I mean, at least anger in the comments. Something, you know, I, I get it. He's trying to preserve, because they're all living in a bubble, he's trying to preserve a some sort of symbiotic relationship to, on the good side of the officials because maybe they know they screwed up. But I, you're right. I, that was your chance to go crazy and say, how in the world does a superstar like him get that call? And, and get called at that point in time. Now, going back to the game itself, and I agree with you 99% of the time that I can't stand it when people want to blame it on one call. This team looked, and I said last night it was hustle and muscle. They just looked out hustled. They weren't as physical. They just did. What is it? Something happened on March 2nd where this team had a, a switch flipped, and we haven't seen the same consistency ever since. It, it, what Can you put your finger on what exactly it is? I, I don't know, but eventually there will be a book written, and we'll find out really what's going on. Sam Amick uh, from The Athletic does a podcast, and he had Eric Naiman, uh who covers the Bucks, and he had a guy on from the Boston Celtics. And I played back a clip of that uh, yesterday on an afternoon show in Milwaukee. And Sam just brought up, because he's in the bubble itself. So he's around all these guys, you know. And in the podcast, he talks about LeBron James always FaceTiming with his family at practice and giggling and laughing or whatever else. And uh, he said that he had heard uh, early on that there were some underlying issues with this Bucks team being in this bubble. And while they were laying eggs, it just wasn't the same room, chemistry-wise or whatever else-wise. There were issues within this team being inside of this bubble, missing their family, social justice, whatever you want to say it is. But there's stuff going on uh, that maybe we all aren't aren't necessarily aware of. And he said that he goes, "Yeah, just Bucks will find their groove. They'll be okay." That's how he kind of phrased it after he said it or before he said it when asked about the Bucks. But for me, I I agree with you. It it looked like a varsity team playing a JV team from the aspect of we're the upperclassmen and we're going to push you around and bully you and you're not going to do anything about it. And 
outside of Eric Bledsoe, really nobody looked like they were wanting to do anything about it. And then what further irritated me before the game even started last night, can you tell I'm fired up, Bill? The, 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 yep. the other thing that irritated me was when you come out and say, all right, Eric Bledsoe's playing. Okay, great. Oh, and Robin Lopez is inactive. I have lost it on the afternoon mm-hmm. show when I saw that. Now you go, wow, it's Robin Lopez. Who cares? You're overreacting. Oh, maybe I am. But this is what I figured was going to happen. I figured Frank Mason III, who you activated instead, was activated because you weren't certain about Eric Bledsoe's hamstring. Weren't positive, but we're going to play him anyhow. And I don't have a lot of faith in Dante DiFincenzo at this point, so i got to have somebody else ready in case Bledsoe goes down from a scoring aspect. Okay, fine. But instead of not activating Sterling Brown or not activating Dante DiFincenzo, you decided not to activate Robin Lopez. Now, why does that not make sense? Because he has six fouls. He's the only one on this team that doesn't give a rip about anybody else on the basketball floor and will go at it with anybody at any given time. Somebody wants to throw an elbow, he's going to throw two back. So he ain't going to put up with that crap. He's the one guy and only guy outside of Bledsoe maybe that you have that actually can do that. You are playing to the strengths of Miami by playing small consistently. You have not even attempted to try and play a larger lineup and make them adjust to you. Try and get my, my uh, uh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, uh, Leonard, uh, no, Myers Leonard. What is it? Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard, yeah, Myers thank Leonard. you. Myers Leonard on the floor. Make them play him. Get him out there and let's see what happens. Try and get Bam into foul trouble between Brooke and Robin. Do something. But instead, and Bam out-physicaled everybody yesterday. Absolutely. And, but instead, it's, uh, we'll play to what Spolster, the way Spolster wants to play. And I'm sorry, it drives me crazy. Then you're going to tell me, last night on the postgame show, well, I think the Bucks are still going to win on Friday. Based on what? Based on what? Right. You shot 60% from three or whatever in the first half of game one, still lost. Then in game two, Giannis gets back closer to his average of 30 points or whatever. Jimmy Butler doesn't do a dang thing other than try to gift-wrap you the game at the end by turning it over. Didn't do anything scoring, and you lost that game. And you, like you said, they've been out physical the whole series. I, I'm so frustrated and mad at this whole situation right now. And then it's, you know, Boonholzer. Okay, so if they lose the series, what's going to happen? Tell me. They're not going to fire Boonholzer with no. one year left on Giannis's deal, and Giannis loves him some Boonholzer. Yes, so he if does. he doesn't sign the contract extension, God help us, but if he doesn't sign the contract extension, Boonholzer's coming back, same playoff coach next year. We're going to do it all over again. And then you're going to tell me, well, we'll make a big trade. We'll trade some future draft picks and everything else. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Do that. And then what happens if he leaves anyhow, and then you gave away future number one draft choices that could have helped you in your rebuild? Then you're screwed again. Later on, I, this series is so gigantic for this Bucks organization. It is gigantic, more so than the Eastern Conference Finals and more than the NBA Finals, because until he actually signs the contract, you just don't know how Giannis reacts to losing in the second round this year. Right, and and the other aspect of that is, and, and you had brought it up, that there's been this little wave of there's something going on down there in the bubble. We don't know what it is. We don't know if they're just getting on each other's nerves. We, But I had said all along that there's no way Giannis leaves unless something goes on behind the scenes that causes him to say, I don't want this anymore. Otherwise, there, there's no reason. He had the best record in the NBA. He loves the coaching staff. They've given him everything. Because that was the other thing. When people say, well, oh, my God, I can't believe you signed middle. He, when, when Budenholzer was brought in, who did he sit down and have dinner with? It was Giannis and it was Middleton. Those two guys are repping the team. Giannis wanted Middleton back. Giannis wanted him there. So they've done everything Giannis wants and paid the guy that Giannis wanted them to pay. 
I can't imagine Giannis leaving unless all of a sudden there's some rift behind the scenes that we don't know about. You know what I mean? Malika Andrews of ESPN reported this last year, that it was all about winning. And then as the summer goes on, Zach Lowe of ESPN, who I, I tout as the Bucks' mouthpiece, he puts out something similar in his piece that it's all about winning for Giannis and getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe they lose, but it's a tough seven-game series, whatever. Okay, the NBA Finals, for certain, he's coming back. Nobody ever talks about what happens if they get knocked off in the second round. Eric Name, who I think is probably the closest person to Giannis from anybody covering the team, when we brought this up months ago to him about what happens if they were to lose in the second round, he just kind of nervously laughed and said, I don't know what's going to happen. So that to me, that's worrisome. When I've got three credible reporters all saying pretty much the same thing of just kind of shrugging at second round, Confident in Eastern Conference Finals, confident in NBA Finals, not as confident if they get beat in the second round of the playoffs. Yep, no doubt. Spark, good stuff, and uh, I'll be listening. <laughs> uh, fun stuff, Friday night. We do it again tomorrow. There you go. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, host of the Milwaukee uh, Pro Hoops postgame show, the pregame, all that kind of good stuff. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years. They've been getting it on. Call them 844-PRIDE to go to schneiderjobs.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.